Christmas. Merry Christmas indeed. I am so glad you are here. Is it afternoon or night or what is it? It'll be dark soon. So we're, we're, we're going to, whatever it is, I will say morning at some point, right? Church, right? So we're certainly glad you're here. Welcome to Harvest Community Church and our candlelight Christmas Eve service. We are super excited to have you with us. Welcome online as well. Uh, we're glad to have you celebrating Christmas Eve with us. Uh, hopefully everybody got a candle on the way in. That's important. Uh, kind of a big deal, right? For a candlelight service. And so if you did not get a candle, we can get you one there back in the back back here at home. You want to make sure you have some candles, perhaps uh, for what we'll do in a little bit. If we've not met before, my name is Brian, and I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at Harvest, and we are so glad you're here. So I want you to do two things for me, okay? Just simple. Take a deep breath. Last hour, I've been saying, slow down, kid. <clears throat> slow down, kid. God has an invitation for you tonight. And I don't want us to rush by whatever that is. Take some deep breaths. It's okay. A couple of things I want to make sure you catch. Hopefully on the way in, you got some papers or a bulletin or, or something. Uh, there's a communication card. Yes, everybody to fill one out every time they're here. And so we would love it if you fill out one of these communication cards. Uh, after we're done tonight, on your way out, there's some baskets at the back, and uh, there's a place for those. And while we're talking about those, I want to mention also at the back is our offering box. It is our tradition that on Christmas Eve, we take a benevolence offering. And that benevolence offering from Christmas Eve helps fund uh, needs that we need, whether it's gas in the tank or helping with a utility bill or helping someone get it into a home. It, it helps with needs all year long, and we certainly welcome that. But I want you to know, if you're a guest tonight, please, please, please know that your, your cash is, is not what is most important. That's not really what we care about. What we care about is you. And so uh, you just remind us, uh, since this is our weekend service, regular offerings can happen as well. There's an offering box in the back. But remember these communication cards particularly on the way out. And in fact, online there's a digital communication card in the links, and we'd love it if you'd fill out one of those as well. Uh, perhaps I should at least highlight this part. If we can pray for you some way this week, we would love to do that. And so on the back of the card, just let us know how we can pray for you and uh, how we can pray for your Christmas. And we would love and relish the chance to do that. There's all kinds of things going on. I'm not going to spend a lot of time uh, on announcements. I just want to say I'm glad you're here. More importantly, I'm glad Jesus is here. Right? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. He is Christ. The Lord. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you that you are here. And so, Lord, we intentionally slow ourselves in your presence. We welcome you here, and we celebrate your birth. Thank you, God, with us, for being with us tonight. In Jesus' name, your name, we pray. Amen. Amen.
Let's stand together and sing joy to the world. portion of scripture that is not your typical Christmas Eve scripture reading, but um, it is, talks about kind of the point of why Jesus came. It's from first uh, John 1, 1 through 5, and then again 9 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm -hmm. 
if you are able, and we're going to read this together. Let's stand and let's read out loud together. Oh, I have the wrong paper, so I'm going to read from the screen with you. <laughs> and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. <clears throat>
kind of have a seat, and I'm going to invite our children's pastor, Julie, to come up, and she is going to read a story. And if there's any kids here today, do you want to come up and sit here right on this step so you can see the book that Julie's reading? Come on. You can sit right here and get nice and close to this really beautiful book. And yes, it's on the screen if you don't want to come forward, but it's kind of fun to see it in person. And we get to read along with, with Julie. I mean, we don't have to read. Listen. Oh, yeah. All right. Are you guys excited about Christmas? Yes. Yes. Well, I have a fun story to read to you, and it's about who was there at the first Christmas. You know, there weren't a lot of people that were there, but there were a lot of animals. So we're going to read about some of the animals and what they did at Christmas time. Jesus, our brother, strong and good, was humbly born in a stable rude, and the friendly beasts around him stood, Jesus, our brother, strong and good. Oh, what animal is that? Donkey. A donkey. I, said the donkey, shaggy and brown, I carried his mother uphill and down. I carried her safely to Bethlehem town. I, said the donkey, shaggy and brown. And the donkey. I, said the cow, all white and red, I gave him my manger for his bed. I gave him my hay to pillow his head. I, said the cow, all white and red. There's the cow. I, said the sheep with curly horn, I gave him my wool for his blanket warm. He wore my coat on Christmas morn. I, said the sheep with curly horn. I, said the dove from rafters high, I cooed him to sleep so he would not cry. We cooed him to sleep, my maid and I. I, said the dove from rafters high. And every beast, by some good spell, in the stable dark was glad to tell of the gift he gave Emmanuel, the gift he gave Emmanuel. Do you know what Emmanuel is another name for Jesus? So they were talking about the gifts that they gave Jesus. Can you guys think of what you could give Jesus for Christmas? These animals didn't have a lot, did they? They didn't give him any fancy thing. What did they give him? They gave him what they had. That's right. And that's what you guys can do. You guys can give Jesus what you have. And you know what Jesus wants most for Christmas? For you to give him? Or for you to know? He wants you to know how much he loves you. And he wants you to love him. So have a Merry Christmas, you guys. Thanks for sharing the story with me. Thank you. 
pray with me one more time? We may pray again, you know, it's allowed, right? It's church after all. Jesus, we thank you that, that you were born on that holy night. We are so reminded that we aren't holy, but you are. And so Jesus, tonight we thank you for grace. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for Christmas miracles, the little ones and the biggest one. Jesus, we thank you for all our families that are gathered here tonight and all the families that are gathered online. Thank you that we get to celebrate Christmas. Thank you that we get to celebrate it together. Thank you that you were born. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
So here's my promise to you. I won't preach as long as I normally do on Sundays. Deal? I was talking with the kids today, and they said, you know, if all else fails, Dad, just read Luke 2. You're good. All right? I said, some people might prefer that, but I'm going to give it a shot anyway. So here's the thing I want to begin with. Uh, We've been all through December on an adventure together, the Advent, celebrating the Advent of Christmas, of our Savior, an Advent of hope, of joy, of peace, and of love. And tonight, we're going to talk about the adventure, and I realize my my spelling's a little off here, my grammar's a little off here, but the adventure of an unperfect Christmas. I mean, seriously, how's your Christmas gone so far? Great, said all the kids. And the young at heart, right? And all the adults go, like we made it. Barely in some cases. But we made it. Like six hours ago, I wasn't sure I would. I'm not joking. It's amazing what can get in the way of our celebration of the birth of Christ. It's amazing all the imperfections that get to us. I spent yesterday thinking I can't miss this service in this moment. And God had a healthy dose of reminding me that it's not about me, right? Anybody notice there was ice this week? Like a once in a lifetime cold event across the country? You know, if your Christmas isn't going perfectly, I want you to know that Christmas is for you. And I want you to think for just a second about all the ways we want Christmas to be perfect. Just think about it, right? We want to find the perfect gift for someone we love, right? If 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 we've got romance in our life, then we want a perfect date. We want our house to have the perfect decor, The perfect lights for everybody to drive by and see. When we go to that party for work or that party for the club we're a part of or the sport party or the this party. How many parties did you guys go to? Yeah. Like we go to all these parties and we want the perfect attire, dress, you you name it. Right? Think about it. Perfect pic for Instagram. I should do that, really. Yes, yes, of course Christopher makes it perfect. But I'm in the forefront, so it's the gift of an unperfect, oh, come on. See, it doesn't go perfect, right? Yeah. Right? When, when our kids are littles, we want them to have, we want that first Christmas to be Perfect. When our kids grow up and they're away at college, (laughs) we just want our kids to come home for Christmas to be 
perfect. And we have all these expectations that get in the way. And Christmas of all times of the year are the ways we try to control our way to perfection. That, that we're going to make it happen the right time, right way. And we take and we put our hands on everything. We try to control everything. And have you noticed when you try to control everything, everybody else gets stressed out around you. And then that you try to control. The pressure is on, right? There's life expectations. There's seasonal expectations. There's relational expectations. We have expectations of ourselves. Frankly, at Christmas, we have expectations of God. Christmas miracles kind of stuff. Of course, back then in that day when Jesus was born, a lot of people had expectations of God, but we could say false expectations of God because they certainly didn't expect to happen what actually happened. And so we find all this pressure and we create all this pressure for a perfect Christmas. But that first Christmas wasn't exactly perfect if you think about it. I mean, just read the, read the story with me one more time. Luke 2, verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And about that moment, if I'm Mary, I'm thinking, <laughs> perfect. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to their own town to register. And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was, now get this, pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Anybody got, like, 20-year-old kids, and, and you're thinking, like, this doesn't sound perfect to me. Something seems a little off here. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a, in a manger. Yeah, that's right. In a manger. Why? Because there was no, no room in the inn. No room in the inn. Where do you put the baby? In a feeding trough. Perfect. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, and lying in a manger, and suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God. The sky's just lit up with the angelic hosts of heaven, praising God. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I'm, 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 I'm going to stop there for a moment, because I really want us to think about this. Think about all the things that, that weren't perfect 
that first Christmas. The world wasn't perfect. The lineage certainly wasn't perfect. I mean, seriously, go back and read the lineage in Luke and Matthew, and what you'll find is these were a bunch of imperfect people. The people were imperfect. The travel certainly wasn't perfect. Nazareth? Bethlehem. No planes, trains, automobiles. 80 miles. Eight, nine months pregnant. The place to stay wasn't perfect. The shepherds weren't the perfect first guests. The midwife, like, wasn't there. I mean, there was a goat or a cow or something to help bring the baby into the world. Nothing was perfect except, we'll get back to that. That Christmas was crazy complicated, that first Christmas. You just think about your Mary, your Mary and an angel shows up and says that you're graced and you're holy and you're higher, highly favored and, and this amazing thing's going to happen. The glory of the Most High will overshadow you and, and the bottom line is you're going to be pregnant but you're not married yet. Perfect. Now you've got to have a conversation with your husband. I mean, at this point, we're using the word perfect, but very sarcastically, right? Perfect. Now you got to sit down with your mom and dad. <laughs> How's that talk going to go? Perfect. Somewhere along the way, month eight, month nine, Caesar Augustus issues a decree. The crazy Roman ruler says everybody's got to go to their hometown. And that's no big deal, except you've got to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It's an 80-mile journey. It'd take at least four days to make that journey. I mean, I'm not that good at math, but 84, like, we're really talking about more like a week. I flew 400 miles an hour today to get here. I'm not kidding. I looked at the plane. And we were on a plane this afternoon. Made it here by the skin of our teeth. They had no planes. At best, she had a donkey. It would have taken probably a week. She's eight, nine months pregnant. It's like, perfect. Perfect. And then you get there. And you go to the Holiday Inn, and there's no place to stay. And if I'm Mary, I'm looking at Joseph going, that's on you, bro. <laughs> and he's like, perfect. And all they could find to stay in was something like a, a barn or a cave where people kept their animals. I mean, who knows? Maybe a goat was born while Jesus was born. Perfect. No midwife. The angel had promised Mary that, that she would give birth to a king, the son of the Most High. And she's got to be thinking to herself, this is not how I thought a king would be born in this world. I mean, by now, if she's saying perfect, she's screaming it, probably in anger, like, perfect. But in a sense, that's just the point, isn't it? I mean, that first Christmas was full of God showing up to people who weren't perfect 
And God was doing all the things that don't normally happen, really, if you think about it. In fact, the entire Christmas story is about, really, what typically doesn't happen in this world. Angels don't usually sing to shepherds. Virgins don't get pregnant. Men don't bear the shame of a pregnant fiancé for a child that isn't theirs. God doesn't become human. The infant doesn't become an infant. Kings don't travel thousands of miles to bring gifts. Messiahs aren't found in feeding troughs. It turns out that God does a lot of things in an unperfect world. Truly, if you think about it, only one and only one thing was perfect that first Christmas. You're thinking what I'm thinking, aren't you? It's the baby. The baby was perfect. That everything in the story points to the baby. And let's be fair, all of us think our babies, especially our firstborns, are perfect when they're born, don't we? Right? We hold them that first time. And we look at them and we just think, you're perfect. Now, it doesn't take long to figure out that's really not the case. I mean, the smell, if anything, tips you off pretty quickly. But think about Mary. I mean, I just, I think about her experience raising Jesus. And, you know, Jesus had brothers and sisters. I don't know if you know that, but Mark 6 says he has uh, four younger brothers and at least two sisters. So Mary and Joseph are going to raise seven kids at least. And her first experience raising a kid is raising the perfect son of God. Try being kid number two or kid number three (laughs) along the way. I mean, she's thinking, it wasn't like this before. And all those other kids are going, but he's perfect. And he is. He is perfect. He's God in the flesh. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is the great healer and the great teacher. He is the master. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. But he's a humble king. He's a servant king. He's the savior of the world, the Christ, the Messiah, the deliverer, the anointed one. He's perfect. And in the Christmas story, he's the only thing that's perfect. In fact, He's the only perfect one to be born in this world. And so the thing I really want to convince you of tonight is to slow down long enough in all the imperfections of your Christmas. I would say it this way, the one thing that tonight is about, I want you to treasure all the little ways that Christmas isn't perfect. As your personal reminder, you could say as your perfect reminder that Jesus is is instead of freaking out about what isn't perfect tonight and tomorrow the food isn't perfect i mean have you ever have you ever prepped the christmas meal and ended up in the place where it, like the crock pot didn't get turned on or or the oven like went out halfway through everybody's sitting around waiting and the food's gonna come out and it feels more like christmas vacation than it does like the perfect image you had in your your head When people are running late, when someone doesn't show up, when you don't get the gift you want, when time with family is stressful, when the decorations don't turn out perfect, treasure, treasure all the little ways that Christmas isn't perfect as your personal reminder that Jesus is.
I can promise you this. Something's going to go wrong for you tomorrow. You're like, that's pessimistic. I call it realistic. Something's not going to go perfectly tomorrow. And when it doesn't, treasure all those little ways that Christmas isn't perfect as your perfect reminder that Jesus is. Christmas is the story of a perfect Savior coming to imperfect people. It's an advent, an advent of grace. It's the arrival, literally, of grace. Because I'm not good enough, and I can't be good enough. And you know, really, if you think about it, a lot of us, or at least some people in this world, reject Jesus because they think their life is perfect. Or at least they've got enough of an image going on on this thing to try to convince other people that their life is perfect. And the more perfect our world seems to be to us, the more we think, well, do I really need a savior? That's why in very human senses, we often have to hit bottom. We have to come face to face with our imperfections to admit that Jesus is perfect and we're not, that I need him. And if you feel like your life is, like we landed today and my, my connection to the outer world came back on and I was reminded of war. Not just war in Ukraine, but the war going on inside of all of us. You say, Brian, well, so what? Like, that's, a, that's, a, that's like a perfect story. Like, so what? Like, what am I really supposed to do about that? I mean, how does this really make a difference beyond Christmas Day? I just got three simple ideas for you because I'm a preacher. It's what we do. I mean, are you ready, glad it's not like a top ten list? Because that would be... So what? I mean, like, how does this really make a difference? This reminds me of three things, right? Again, I'm going to treasure all the little moments. Seriously, I'm not going to tell you what time it was, but I sat next to my wife, Marcy, last night, and things were not going perfectly in terms of being here in this moment right now. And I opened my notes to her, and I said, this is what I'm going to teach if I get there. Treasure all the little ways that Christmas isn't perfect as your personal reminder that Jesus is. So what do we do with that? Three things. One, release the stress. Release the stress. Trying to control everything, trying to make everything perfect, that's just going to stress everybody else out. In every family, there's somebody trying to control it all. And in every family, everybody else knows who that is. So if you look at your family and you're not sure who it is in your family... It might be selfie time, right? We just got to release the stress. We, ju- we just got to shake it off. At some point, we have to acknowledge all of the stress we put on our lives trying to make Christmas perfect. But we can't make Christmas perfect. And the truth is only one thing. And it's not a thing. It's a person. It's a baby. It's God in the flesh. He's perfect. We just got to release the stress. Just shake it off. Number two. Take it personally. Take it personally. You know, really, as you read this story, 
and you read the rest of his story, what you find is that Christmas is proof that God doesn't love from a distance, that it's personal, that God loves you, that the perfect one loves you in all of your imperfections. I mean, Christopher, I know how perfect you are, bro. In your own mind. But Jesus loves even you, man. <laughs> and he loves all of us, all of you. The birth of Jesus is proof that God doesn't love from a distance. Christmas is personal because Jesus' love was willing to get in the trenches in our lives. God with us in this imperfect world to love us. And we should take it personally. I mean, to the point of <laughs> like looking Jesus in the face and saying, Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. All right, like 10 of you know what I just said. It's from a song, though. I am the problem. It's me, and Jesus came to love me anyway. In a world where many people like to pretend they're perfect and pretend they're God, God's not pretending he's human. He actually becomes human. God with us. I need to release the stress. I should take it personally, and I should, number three, embrace the grace. Embrace the grace. In fact, not just tonight, but all year. Embrace the grace. At some subtle level, we're all walking through this life trying to hide our imperfections. You know how often we look at these things and then we... You know, I, I was in a mall this week. Anybody else? I was in a mall this week, and I observed how often when you walk by the glass windows that reflect how you look, how often people stop to go... At some subtle level, we're all trying to hide our imperfections, afraid that someone will notice we're not perfect. But what if we just embraced grace this year and in humble honesty said, you know what, I'm not perfect and I know it. And this is that moment that I said earlier. I said, God's inviting us to something tonight. And my question for you is, what is God inviting for you? And I can't tell you what that is. But I don't want you to rush this moment. I do know what time it is. And we got to do another one of these things in about 30 minutes, which will be good. But what is God inviting of me this Christmas? I mean, for some of us, maybe it's to receive the gift of Jesus for the very first time. And you can do that in just a moment. We're going to pray, and you can receive Jesus. You can receive that baby who grew up, who lived a perfect life, who died for all of our imperfections, who was buried in a borrowed grave, who came back to life on the third day, who defeated sin and death. You can have him, and his perfection is enough. And maybe you've already made a decision like that somewhere along the road. Maybe, 
Maybe you need in the days ahead, in the weeks ahead, and even tomorrow to just embrace that grace and share that grace and live out that grace. Instead of expecting everybody else to make you feel perfect, that you're just going to love them because Jesus is. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but like every, you know, like seven days or so, we gather here in this place to talk about how we help each other follow Jesus in his perfection. And I would love in the coming days, maybe the invitation for you is to say, you know what, for the next like six weeks, I will admit my humanity and I'll gather together with people who say we're not perfect, but Jesus is. Now, I just got to remind you, say every seven days or so, like we moved our Christmas services this weekend to tonight, right, tonight. So, so tomorrow, you're welcome to show up here, but we're here tonight. And next Sunday, we're going to do something unusual. We're usually here on Sundays at 9 and 1045, and we do that Sunday in and Sunday out. But next Sunday is January, a week from tomorrow, January 1st, right? And so we're going to gather that day at 10 a.m., one service. We're going to have breakfast together. We're going to think about all the ways that the perfect Jesus has worked in our lives in the last year. And then January 8th, we're going to start a new series that's all about Jesus called Mistaken Identity. And we're going to go through the book of Colossians in the New Testament, and we're going to learn about who Jesus is, because the more I understand who Jesus is, the more I understand who I am. Maybe you'd give it six weeks. I don't know what the invitation is for you, but before we light candles and sing silent night I'd like to pray again and I usually end our services with two prayers the first is a prayer of salvation and the second is a prayer of application if you need Jesus tonight there's no better time than Christmas maybe you'd pray with me right now you might be here in the room you might be watching online and maybe you'd pray and say Jesus I know I'm not perfect And I know I fall short. But I thank you that you are perfect and that you died for all the ways I'm not. And so Jesus, forgive me and live your perfect life in me and make me more like you, Jesus. Make me more like you. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, if that's you and you prayed, again, online or in the room, you prayed that for the first time tonight, we'd love to celebrate that. There's nothing bigger in life than that decision, and there's nothing more important in life than that decision, and we'd love to know it. And so that communication card I mentioned before, there's a spot on the back to say, my next step today is follow Jesus for the first time. You you could mark that and, and give us the card, or you could tell somebody who you came with, or you could email me. I'm Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at Harvest Church Eugene. You can find me after we're done tonight, but tell somebody. And my guess would be a fair amount of you prayed something like that in your past. But I don't want you to rush by too quickly tonight. There's an invitation for you. So would you maybe consider praying with me out loud this prayer of application? You just repeat it after me. Dear Jesus, I've got it. I'm not perfect, 
but you are. So release me from all the pressure I put on myself to make Christmas perfect. Thank you that you are. And over the next year, I commit that I will lean into you, into my relationship with you, to make you and your grace the center of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. St. Francis, centuries and centuries and centuries ago, said all the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. And so tonight, as we light our candles, I hope you'd treasure with me all of the ways that Christmas isn't perfect as your perfect reminder that Jesus is. And just because we're talking about imperfections, I want to encourage you to tip the unlit candle like this rather than the lit candle the other way because you'll have wax all over your shoes. And a number of years ago, our pastor, our worship pastor's wife was here and I tipped my candle the wrong way and all the wax that had built up in my candle went on her like $5,000 boots. And you know what she said? Perfect. So we're going to sing Silent Night. Would you stand with me? And we're going to light some candles.
said, just don't spill the, the wax on your own boots. So I don't know about you, but I arrive every Christmas Eve at this moment wanting to like somehow hit pause. And yet people will tell me that in 20 minutes we got to fill the room with other people. But you know what, seriously, if you want to stay for second service, you can do so I would invite you as we go tonight you leave this candle lit as long as you want just don't set your car on fire don't set your kids on fire that wouldn't be perfect here's what I know Jesus was born the light of the world and he is still the only light to really light up this world we need more of that now more than ever. I'm going to dismiss this in just a moment, but I'd like to remind us those communication cards, there's baskets in the back. Next door, do, do we have snacks next door? Yeah, we got, we got drinks and snacks and good stuff next door in our youth room. Feel free to grab some of those and just enjoy this not-so-perfect night. I love you all. Enjoy the silent night. You're dismissed.